Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Still trying to come up with a trivia question for Bob. Well, I have a little over an hour, so I'll get it done. 4-1 now, Houston leading Tampa Bay. Bottom of the fifth, game six of the ALCS. Tampa Bay is up three games to two, so the Astros trying to fight back at 7 o'clock. Well, just after 7 in about an hour, Dodgers and Braves, Atlanta up 3-1 in that best of seven. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is your weekend. Well, I hope it is. If not, thanks for checking in from wherever you are. Hope we can keep you entertained for the next couple of hours. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. I'm always happy to hear from you. Well, most of you, you can email inside sports at 630ched.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. There's a new general manager for hockey Edmonton and it is Steve Hogle, who, of course, is a very uh, well-known broadcaster in Edmonton before he went and worked for uh, OEG and then the Saskatoon Blades. Going to catch up with Steve. Always love having him on the show uh, sometimes a little nervous to have Steve on the show because I know he's 10 times the broadcaster I am, and uh, he's, he's probably picking apart everything I do wrong along the way. But uh, it'll be fun to have Steve on the program. Kelly Moore also from CGOB in Winnipeg will check in. We'll talk a little about the Winnipeg Jets, and that's now a WHL city that's going to be affected by the target date for the dub to come back on January 8th, uh, so it'll be good to have Kelly on the show, and CGOB now has the broadcast rights for the Winnipeg Jets, so that'll be fun. Man, uh, you know, we're still talking a lot about the National Hockey League, a lot of anticipation, a lot of uh, projections about what could or couldn't happen for next season. We've uh, we've played the clip before. We've talked about a Bill Foley from the Vegas Golden Knights, the owner of the team who said that there very well could be a Canadian division that we could be looking to the season not starting until February 1st and then maybe playing 48, maybe 56 games, maybe a maximum of 60. You certainly want to be done, um, you know, by the end of July and then the Olympics likely to get going in August. So that that is all on the table. We've, we've discussed the Canadian division on this show uh, a few times, but the, the NHL is going to push, push, push to play. And we saw Major League Baseball shortened season i mean they 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 cut 102 games off the season a massive reduction for major league baseball but they're going to have a champion the nhl gave out the stanley cup the uh, nba presented the larry o'brien trophy they had all the teams in a bubble in in florida the nfl has gone ahead they're moving games around they're delaying games teams aren't practicing because of COVID, but but they're all getting it done so i hope the whl gets it done i wish the cfl could get it done and i and i think if you're not one of the major sports leagues in north america or in canada the concern is what if you miss a year and nobody notices that that's that's really the concern and you know you sports is not going to have any championships 
Uh, and I know at universities there are concerns outside of sports, but I do think sports and athletics are part of university life and part of uh, morale at a university and part of prestige for a university. I mean, if you mentioned the U of A across the country, I, I'm guessing a fair amount of people would identify the hockey team as being a perennial powerhouse, as you know, as well as some other great things with education and medicine and engineering and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, if you, if you mention the University of Alabama. I don't know what they specialize in teaching, but they got a hell of a football team year after year. So there is, you know, there is value to having the name of the university out there. And then I'm going to talk about this more with Stoff later on. That's what worries me about U sports. And I do think in Edmonton, uh, it's it's fairly well supported. Certainly the hockey team. It's it's something that Bob and I have had a connection to through our broadcasting histories uh, and and with other sports as well. But uh, but the hockey's the big one. And I think Bob and I are probably two people that talk about university sports more than a lot of other people in the city, whether you're a broadcaster or not. And I'm afraid that they're not going to have the University Cup, no Vanier Cup, and a lot of people will not even notice or be like, well, that's unfortunate, but they'll just carry on with their lives. And what does that mean for for university sports going forward? Just some things that are bouncing through my head. Speaking of stuff, Brian Burke was on his show and he explained why it's vital the NHL has a next season. I think it's vital that we play because if we don't, uh, people get used to doing something else. They're, they're, we've lost a chunk of our audience. We'll never get back to this pandemic. And we won't know how many they are. I think the game's going to come back great and our ratings were good. But a whole bunch of people didn't get to watch hockey for four months. Guess what? Some of them joined book clubs. Some of them took French lessons. Some of them founded, uh, started playing bridge. They're, they found other things to do, and hopefully not a very big percentage. I'm more worried south of the border than I am north of the border as far as losing interest. But we got to play. We have to play, even if it means no fans. And then maybe a month in, we put in... 10%, 20%, whatever the local authorities permit. And then someday when there's a vaccine, we have full buildings again. But in the meantime, we have to play. And if that means we play with no fans and we we sustain massive losses through the lost ticket revenue, so be it. We have to play. Now, I don't know how many people specifically have started playing bridge and given up watching hockey. But... I understand his point, and I think, as, as he said, especially in the United States. In, in Canada, the NHL, let's face it, most of you are maniacs when it comes to the National Hockey League. I feel that I know that firsthand. So you're going to watch the games, you're going to follow the games no matter what. But there is the concern if there's just no season and you go away, uh, a lot of people move on to something else and maybe you never get them back. Interesting comment there by Brian Burke. All right, we're going to call a quick timeout. It is 6-13, Hockey Edmonton, Steve Hogle when we return. Oh, geez, you know what was it? It would have been close to a year ago today that James Neal had the four goals against the New York Islanders. Might have already happened. So weird to be talking about... uh, October is the off-season in the National Hockey League. i got to quickly look this up here on the fly, hearing James Neal's uh, name brought. The, was that the third game of the season for the Oilers or the fourth? I'm really uh, quizzing myself now. Let's quickly go to hockey reference and bring up James Neal's game log. He had two goals against L.A. in the second game of the season, 
And then it was October 8th. He had four goals against the uh, New York Islanders, and then he scored against New Jersey on October 10th. So seven goals in the first four games of the year for James Neal. A little bit of a reflection there. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. I am pleased to welcome back, not just to the show, but to welcome back to Edmonton, it is the one and only Steve Hogel. Steve, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing a whole lot better now that I've connected with you, Reed. Awesome to hear your voice and talk to you again. It is great to have you on the show. Uh, of course, uh, Hockey Edmonton and you made the announcement, uh, well, I want to say a week or two ago, time's a little bit lost to me, <laughs> given everything going on. But <laughs> but uh, you're back and, and you're with Hockey Edmonton, uh, kind of taking the reins there. Tell us a little bit about this opportunity. Yeah, I, I came back to town. I was going to resume coaching with the, my good friend Duncan Knoll, and I went to update my coaching credentials, and I saw Hockey Alberta had a post for a little bit of help, so we started talking, and uh, I called Dean Hangel here, the executive director. I said, what's going on? He says, well, I'm heading off to the ski hill in the golf course. And, and, and so anyways, I ended up here. He had, He's about to head off to those locations, and... Uh, uh, I think he might be the wiser one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dean did a great job. He was a great contact for us and source of information over the years. So, so absolutely. But you, you're obviously jumping into into hockey, Edmonton, in a very interesting time, to to say the least. <laughs> Give us, and, and I've seen some general announcements. You'll know the details better than me. What are some of the the protocols? Uh, what what's the updated status of the protocols and the safety measures? It's a it's a uh, real interesting time to come on board for sure, and uh, it's we've got teams playing in cohorts right now. Essentially, uh, two teams per cohort. Uh, it's a max of 50 people. So every once in a while, you might have a cohort of three teams if the roster sizes are small enough. But essentially, we've got two team cohorts playing, and uh, they're playing some uh, games now. Uh, but we're waiting to be able to expand that. But, of course, we're following all the uh, health regulations and guidelines and the City of Edmonton arena guidelines. Uh, the health of the kids comes first, of course. And uh, everybody's anxious to play regular season games, but we're not there yet. Okay. Well, hopefully you get there. And is everybody, you know, did you get the sense people feel good about coming to the rink or they're, or they're nervous and, and worried? You know what I mean? It's such a difficult time. It, it really is interesting because on the one hand, everybody wants a regular season and to be playing games against different teams. We get that. But in the same breath, they're happy they're playing hockey because they realize in places like Toronto, they've shut down the league. They're going to try to get it started in the new year. Uh, but some places they don't have any hockey at all. Yeah, that's tough for sure. Of course, hockeyedmonton.ca to to get all the updates and stuff, and uh, and you can see a picture of Steve Hogel <laughs> in uh, on an outdoor rink. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Rio Terrace. That was your association when you were a little guy. That that's right. That's uh, mighty Rio Terrace. And uh, uh, later, I joined the Canadian Athletic Club, and then I uh, coached with KC. So. I've done the circuit. I, I grew up in what was then Edmonton Minor Hockey Association, now Hockey Edmonton, um, and, and they're doing lots of great things. I, I, I see opportunity to raise the game even more. Uh, I think we can do a better job communicating those great things that we're doing, and uh, we've made some wonderful strides in development, and uh, uh, I think uh, we've got some cool things happening here. 
Steve Hogel joining us on Inside Sports. You spent the last, I believe it was six seasons, as the president of the Saskatoon Blades. I remember when you told me you were going, and I thought to myself, wow, I never thought Steve would want to go and do something like that or, or even leave Edmonton <laughs> for that matter. I, I did live in Saskatoon for a summer doing my, my practicum 21 years ago. It, it's a beautiful place to live for sure. How was the experience and how was that diving into the WHL world? We loved it. Uh, we loved the city and the people, and it was just a wonderful opportunity with the priesters who were buying the blades at that time. I, I was enjoying my time with the Oilers. I wasn't really looking around for anything new, but it was just a beautiful opportunity and a great setting and a solid hockey city. So, so Kathy and I, my wife, uh, we loved living in Saskatoon, had a great opportunity to do all sorts of things, bringing Gordie Howe's ashes uh, back to um, Saskatoon and creating a cemetery outside the arena so we could have his ashes there, working with uh, Lucas Films to, to do a Star Wars. So all sorts of real cool opportunities. And I, my focus was on the, the business side, the community side, and Colin was taking care of the hockey side. So uh, it, was, it was a great time, but um, we, we wanted to get home to kids and grandkids, and uh, it, it's wonderful to be back in the city. And, uh, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, coming across this opportunity with Hockey Edmonton. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been blessed with, with all I've been uh, able to do in my life for sure. I hate to get all serious with you, Steve, but you've worked in the media, so you know i got to ask questions like this. It, it, from your experience in the WHL, and I just played a Brian Burke clip. He was on with Stoff and saying the NHL has to play. We can't go away south of the border. And I was talking about it's really, it's really unfortunate that the CFL couldn't do it, that U Sports isn't going to do it do because it, you drop out of the public eye for a year. For the Western Hockey League, uh, I mean, how vital is it that they get something on the ice and have a champion, even if they can only play, you know, they talked about 50 games, maybe it's not going to be 50, but how important is it? Boy, it's huge, and, and you can't help but think of the kids, uh, the players, uh, especially, first and foremost. They don't want to lose, uh, uh, they don't want to lose a year of development, and, and it's, for the older kids especially, it, it's so important as so many of them are trying to go pro, and, and so you really want to be able to see them play some kind of season. And I think the concept of the pods uh, playing within your provincial boundary uh, is a sound one. But, but it's still a few hurdles to be cleared, obviously, before we get to that, to that place. And the other thing is the league is such a gate-driven league, and the fans are so important to the livelihood of those teams. Um, we're really going to have to get creative in terms of uh, how to make a go of it within reason while we sort of satisfy all these various needs from the players needing to play to, to the lack of fans but still needing revenue to be able to let the players play um, while respecting all these health guidelines. So, so obviously lots of balls up in the air, lots of moving parts. Um, so, so you can't get too far ahead of yourself. You plan as best you can, um, but as they say, it's fluid. All right. Well, when we can do that sort of thing again, we'll have to get you into studio and we can do an extended conversation about hockey Edmonton. And, and you've had such an interesting career. Now, any any aspirations to go back into broadcasting, Steve? Because you were pretty good at that, too. <laughs> you know, this, this position here and this pandemic is giving me plenty of opportunity with media and I'm loving reconnecting with everybody. Uh, but I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> How, how many? How long were you at CTV? Uh, I was there 28 years, and uh, 
uh, you know, with every position I've had in my life, I, I've had the good fortune to surround myself with great people uh, who can sometimes, uh, they're so good, they can make me look good. So, um, yeah, I, I was there and, and we just had a, a great time there and, and still have lots of wonderful friends. And, um, yeah, we, we just uh, loved our time there and, and uh, running that, that newsroom and, and the sports and uh, public affairs. It was just a magical time. Steve, we'll, we'll stay in touch. All the best with Hockey Edmonton. Thanks for giving us the, the Coles notes on some of the things going on. And, of course, HockeyEdmonton.ca for people who need to, to dive in a little deeper. We'll definitely have you on again. Thanks for making time for me today, man. Great, great, great to talk to you, Reed. Talk soon. That is Steve Hogel. Welcome home. Back as the GM of Hockey Edmonton after six seasons as the president of the Saskatoon Blades. Always love talking to Steve. We will have him on again for sure. Okay, we got to bring you the 6.30 news and weather. We'll go to Winnipeg. Kelly Moore from CJOB, a proud chorus station. Now they play. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. By Play Voice of the Jets, he's coming up. Stoffer in that world-famous quiz for Stoffer between 7 and 7.30. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Bottom of the sixth, it is Houston leading Tampa Bay 5-1. If Houston wins, they force game seven in that series. Houston taking control of this game with four runs in the fifth. Coming up in about half an hour, it's the Dodgers and the Braves. The Braves are up 3-1 in that best of seven. 780-496-0063 to call or text. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. Uh, of course, be smart. We've been hearing the uh, COVID cases in Edmonton. I was hosting the afternoon show today with uh, Jay Lynn needing some time off. And yeah, 54% of the cases in Alberta are in the Edmonton region. So keep that in mind uh, if you're going out this weekend. I am pleased to welcome back to the show a co-worker who I've never met. <laughs> <laughs> Save company from CGOB in Winnipeg. It's Kelly Moore. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Reed. How are you, man? Well, we kind of we kind of met on the Zoom call for the Western Hockey League yesterday. Well, I, 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 I'm going to get to that because I think there was some important stuff there to talk about. But I got to just quickly here congratulate you and everybody at CGOB. Now the uh, home of the Winnipeg Jets broadcast. Whenever we get going again, that's really cool, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Reed. It was uh, an interesting process, to say the least, to uh, be involved in, in the negotiations. But uh, uh, they they went well enough that we were able to uh, put the finishing touches on a seven-year deal. Uh, I guess it would have been last week now. And uh, yeah, we we are very very happy to to have the Jets back on our radio station for sure. Any uh, do we do we know who's doing play-by-play in color, or am I getting ahead of myself here? 
No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, under the terms of the agreement, uh, it, it'll be somewhat similar to what uh, uh, the Oilers have, where uh, the uh, the Jets are going to employ uh, the broadcast team, the two-person broadcast team, uh, and I think they're just getting underway with that process next week. Yeah, so we'll we'll probably have a little more clarity on that going forward. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to take, uh, but uh, uh, you know, certainly there's some some great candidates out there. So we're we're uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who uh, uh, steps to the fore and uh, and eventually is broadcasting the games on our station because as you know, Reed, you know, doing play by play is one facet of the job for sure. I, I did it for 22 years, uh, but there's there, there's more to it than that. You know, you're out in the community now, of course, with uh, social media, you know, there's blogging, there's making sure that, uh, you know, you uh, are in touch with the fans through Twitter or through uh, Instagram or any of the other social media devices out there. So there, there's a lot more to it now than just sashaying into the booth and, and calling the game. All right. So you mentioned the Western Hockey League. Let's touch on that before we, we dive into some of the, the Winnipeg Jets storylines. First of all, uh, tell me about how the Winnipeg Ice were received in their initial season in Winnipeg. Unfortunately, it didn't get finished, but the WHL back in Winnipeg. Yeah, I, you know, I think they really could have benefited uh, from a, a playoff series or two. And the way that it was shaping up, Reed, they were going to play the Brandon Wheat Kings. And that rivalry was getting more and more intense. You know, the last weekend of the season, they were going to play a home-and-home series, and it was likely going to decide second place in the East Division behind Prince Albert. And if they could have only been able to you know keep that uh, that going into the first round of the playoffs i think it could have really given them a pretty decent foothold uh, having said that you know they're playing in a uh, in an older facility on the U of M campus while they're uh, waiting to get the construction done on, on their new uh, rink, which is going to be fabulous. Uh, so they've still got a couple more years there. Uh, and, and it only, even at capacity, I think you're talking about in the 1600s. So, uh, you know, they, they, they probably uh, are, are looking forward to the day that they can get into their own facility. It'll be more modern, more comfortable, more bells and whistles. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, for for a first year, uh, the one thing that I thought was really uh, exemplary on their part was, you know, they didn't have a whole heck of a lot of time when the franchise relocated from Cranbrook, and to do as much as they did, uh, you know, with, with a Western Hockey League caliber staff, they didn't have the benefit of having a bigger staff like a professional team would. Uh, I, I thought they did a really, really nice job. You mentioned you and I were two of several dozen media members on the Zoom call with WHL Commissioner Ron Robison. We've been playing those clips on Chad, hoping to get a 50-game season, you know, go to May 2nd and then see what happens with playoffs in a Memorial Cup. Kelly, you and I both know sometimes, especially when it's someone in a position of authority like a general manager or commissioner, they kind of give you incomplete answers because they don't want to tell you everything. But I right. found during this pandemic, unfortunately, they don't know everything. Right? Like, no. yeah. And, and well. unfortunately, Ron, and I, I even asked Ron a question like that yesterday about travel and stuff. And he was kind of like, well, you know, hold the phone. We still There's still so much to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I tell you, the one thing that I was 
that, that caught my earlobes pretty quickly was when he said January 8th is not a tentative date. That's the date we're dropping the puck. And I, I found that kind of interesting because, as you just mentioned, Reed, how can you have any kind of certainty with what is going on right now? A few of the other takeaways that uh, uh, I, I was listening for in that conversation uh, was, you know, uh, some of the multi-use facilities uh, that are around the league and, and how do you make sure that they're properly sanitized and properly maintained, uh, you know, uh, once you have a, a WHL game taking place there. Uh, the fact that they are going to have interprovincial travel when it comes to Manitoba and Saskatchewan, uh, and they're still sorting that uh, through, so that's why they couldn't release the schedule. Uh, and I guess the other thing that really caught my ear, too, uh, Reed, was, you know, and, and you just talked about it, sometimes they, you know, they won't give you the, 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 the whole uh, bill of goods, so to speak, but Ron was pretty forthcoming in saying that there were going to be significant losses suffered uh, by the 22 owners of the hockey clubs by doing what they're going to do without knowing whether they can have a single fan in the stands. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't think they're going to lose any franchises. Uh, I, I, would, I would suspect that probably, um, you know, anybody that's entering into this is with the full knowledge that they can handle the, uh, the financial load and not go out of business as a result of that. But, man, oh, man, that is some kind of price to pay to, uh, to, to play a season uh, even if it is only 50 games, and even if you have uh, certainly uh, compartmentalized the, the travel so that your costs are kept to a minimum. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did throw out a couple pretty definite uh, definite points along the way for sure. Yeah. Kelly Moore from CGOB in Winnipeg joining us tonight. Okay, to the NHL, let's let's flash back to the draft. Were, were the Jets doing cartwheels to get Cole Perfetti 10th, or what was the deal? Boy, it sure sounds like it. I, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the war room, uh, but there have been other uh, people that have pretty much substantiated the fact that once the number 10 pick came up and Cole Perfetti was still there, the Jets' phone was ringing off the hook and Kevin Sheveldayoff was not budging. He was taking that player. And, you know, you always hear it, Reed. Uh, you know, we had this player slotted a lot higher. Uh, you know, uh, we were delighted that, uh, that he's there. I think this is really legitimate in the case of Cole Perfetti. And, you know, I remember... Uh, back uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Kyle Connor was taken 17th. And a lot of people were buzzing, saying, wow, did the Jets ever get a great pick there at 17? Yeah, I think that was in the 2000 and 2015 draft, if memory serves me correct. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and look what he's turned out to be. Now, there's no guarantee Cole Perfetti is going to be a three-time 30-goal scorer like Kyle Connor has been. But uh, he certainly gets a lot of support from around the hockey world uh, that he's going to be capable of that. And, you know, what a, what a great night it was. You know, it started off with uh, Alex Trebek and the Jeopardy thing for the Ottawa Senators at number three. You know, and of course, all that Alex has gone through uh, to, to still be with us uh, is certainly noteworthy. But I, I still think, uh, you know, for the hockey world and understanding 
uh, you know, uh, what, what Dale Howard, Chuck, went through, how he handled the last few days of his life, reaching out to different people that he played with and that sort of thing, and then to have his wife uh, come on in the uh, with the 10th pick and uh, the 10th anniversary of the team at the draft to honor the player who wore number 10 so well for the uh, 1.0 version of the franchise. I just thought it was a magic moment. And, and, and something Cole Perfetti, no matter what he does in his career, it's going to be something he's always going to be linked with. Yeah, that was an incredible touch by the by the Jets. And when uh, when Dale Howard passed away, uh, Scott Oak uh, hopped on my show in the middle of kind of trying to do interviews in the bubble here in Edmonton. But he was like, "If we're talking about Dale, I'll, I'll absolutely make time for him." And yeah. I, I like I look. I was uh, I was born in '74, so I was what six or seven when Dale came into the NHL. So I was old enough to know he was a really good player, but. I didn't know all this stuff that he was like kind of quiet. And I think he actually lived outside of Winnipeg. Like he liked being in a rural area or something like that. Yeah. 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 He, he, you know, Dale. And, and again, I wasn't here when he played here. Uh, so there's not a lot I could substantiate from a firsthand perspective, but uh, certainly the stories I've heard, uh, you know, he, he was like a deer in the headlights when he, uh, you know, was introduced at Portage in Maine as an 18-year-old rookie out of Cornwall. But I can give you a first-person perspective on the on the, the, the first time that I met Dale, and I just arrived in Winnipeg uh, to be the play-by-play voice of the Jets 1.0 in uh, the fall of 94, Reed, and uh, one of the first events that I uh, went to to represent the radio station was the, uh, the Thomas Steen Golf Tournament. And my playing partner that day was Dale Howarchuk. And you know, so here I am, uh, fresh out of Kamloops, uh, out of my element, and Dale made me feel in about five or ten minutes like we had been friends for years and of course you know he being an athlete and being a very good golfer and me just kind of scuffling along uh i was thinking oh man he's gonna be thinking man how did i get paired up with this guy but we know we talked about life we talked about kids we talked about all sorts of different things and uh oh what a tremendous human being we kind of struck up a little bit of a friendship just from that day and here's the kind of guy dale howard chuck was uh, I remember we were uh, at uh, Investors Group Field. We were doing some pre-bombers uh, uh, schmoozing with the fans. And a guy comes up to me and he, uh, he says, yeah, he says, you know, he says, I just wonder, you know, uh, I don't know how we got talking about Dale Howard, Chuck, but he wanted to know, you know, did I remember who Dale scored his first NHL goal against? And I said, no, I don't. So I text really quick. Sure enough, five minutes later, Steve Baker, the, the New York Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. That's... You know, I mean, he was... He was and is uh, always going to be something very, very special to this city beyond the realm of hockey. Yeah, well said. Well said. Should touch on the on the current team a little bit more. Like they're, they're yeah. not. For they like they're actually they're not actually talking about trading line A. Like was getting some scuttle a couple of weeks ago. Like why well, would that even be on the table? You know, Pierre LeBron of the Athletic did reach out to Lyonnais uh, representation. And it, it, it sounds like, and again, I haven't talked to them myself. I did reach out to them as well, but didn't get uh, any kind of a response uh, earlier today uh, just to verify and, and, and find out exactly where things are at. Uh, so all I can go by is, is Pierre's excellent work. And it sounds like, to me anyway, they're sick and tired 
uh, hearing about all of the trade speculation in the off season, and if the Jets are going to do it, let's do it. And uh, if not, then you know let's let, let let's kind of end this, so that the you know their client doesn't have to be thinking and, and wondering where he's going to wind up. And and you know to the Jets' credit, Reed, not once have they ever said that they are trying to trade. Patrick Lyonet. It's all been speculation from outside the organization. What Kevin Sheveldayoff has said is they'll examine all options to make the hockey club better. And why wouldn't he? That's what a general manager does. So it's not necessarily a denial, but it certainly isn't a confirmation that there's anything going on with Patrick Lyonet. But I guess the thing that makes it's more of a speculative piece of discussion is that most of the other core players are committed to long-term contracts. Lyonet is not, and it's no secret the Winnipeg Jets need another top-four defenseman. So the only way you're going to get a defenseman of that caliber is to trade quality for it. And with all due respect to, you know, a player like Jack Roslovic, whose name has also been out there, uh, but again, the Jets have never once said that they're looking to trade Jack Roslovic, but I don't know that he would quite have the same type of ability to get you the return that you would need, uh, you know, for, for what the Jets want to do. So, it, you know, and again, you, you you go back to almost what 25 years ago now when they traded Tamo Solani. I guess it would be 25 years ago. And do you want to go down that road again with another Finnish star in Patrick Lyonet? Now, I don't think Kevin Cheveldayoff. That's even close to being on his radar. Uh, but it certainly makes for good cloak and dagger stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, that's an interesting story to watch for sure. Kelly, thanks for making time for us uh, on a Friday night. We really appreciate it. Of course, we'll keep having you on the show again. Congrats to CGOB for getting the Jets games. And uh, hang in there, buddy. We'll do this again soon. You bet, Reed. Well, these Friday nights lately with what's going on with the uh, COVID-19, you know, I'm just sitting at home anyway, so <laughs> no problem <laughs> you at all. Well, maybe we'll make you a regular. See you, Kelly. <laughs> okay, Reed. Kelly Moore from CGOB in Winnipeg. Good to talk to him. Uh, update on how the WHL went back in Winnipeg for last season. And uh, they're looking at January 8th for the target date for the upcoming year and a bit there on Dale Howarchuk remembering him and the rumors about Patrick Laine perhaps being on the trade block by Winnipeg. Good to talk to Kelly. Always happy to talk to you as well. You can text at 780- If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 0496-0063. You can use those same digits if you desire to give me a phone call. We're back after the break. All right, 654 inside sports on 630. Chad Rocket is on the line, 780-496-0063. Good evening, Rocket. Good evening, Reed. How are you, buddy? Quite well. Uh, one can dream, can't he? 
Uh oh, what are you dreaming about? <laughs> uh, Patrick Liney playing with Connor McDavid. Oh, go on. Now, how. Now, it's out there, obviously, where there's smoke, there's fire, and maybe it peters out, whatever, but. Um, hypothetically, could you trade Broberg, Russell, and Pooley another Finn? that knows his place and is a top four pick for lining and still have enough cap space? Uh, that's a good question. I got to double check. For, and just sign Liney for a year. That's it. Like just sign him for a year. The the thing that I would say though, if I'm, if I'm the jets is that I'm really only getting one player out of that because Russell's probably one and done. And Pulley I mean, if I'm trading for Pulley I, I would argue that I'm doing you a favor by taking him off your hands. See what I mean? Yeah. So I, I had this conversation on another talk, another sports show, and they, uh, those were the guys that they came up with, actually, not me. So, um, but still, like the cap space issue would be tight. But would that not be a perfect fit? Well, David, yeah, Lining would be great with the gift. He makes he makes six point seven five. Russell makes four, and Pulley they got at what one point one seven five or something like that. Say one point two. So that would be a little too much money coming back to the Oilers. Uh, it'd be it would be tough. Now Lining's great, and I you know I don't want to overvalue anybody that's in the Oilers organization. Are we? But it would it would be tough to part with Broberg though given the little glimpses I've seen of him. Yeah, no, I get that. But Winnipeg's in dire need of defensemen too, right? So maybe they're thinking, you know, accelerated program for Broberg, not like next year, but the year after. Right. Yeah, that, that's yeah. an interesting one. I like, I, I, to be honest with you, I think the Oilers are probably going to be pretty quiet now. Probably uh, loaded on the right side. Uh, yeah, they could trade a right winger, but I think that, I mean, I think Holland might, they, they got to get the bear contract done and they can go, they can go 10% over the cap in the summer. And then they put cleft bomb on LTIR uh, for opening day. And I, I like, I think he's probably going to maybe try to add a depth defenseman and, and Holland referenced that last, last week, maybe an under the radar type defenseman. Who could be your six seven and be a depth guy in case there are injuries and and keep Bouchard and Broberg out of the NHL for another year? That's what I think he would. I I don't know that like that's an interesting trade proposal. I don't know if if Holland's going for a grand slam trade this off season though. All right, sounds good. Okay, thanks, Rocket. Always good to hear from you. Oh, that's Rocket's thinking. Rocket's thinking about trying to get Liney out of Winnipeg. Uh, he is under contract for. One more year at 6.75. So I think if you made a trade for that player, you'd have to also know that you can lock him up to an extension. Stoffer's coming up next. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.